It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Scott, what the hell are you doing in that cupboard? I, David, I'm not coming out. There's been, I'm a bit worried that there's been so much good news recently that something bad's bound to happen. Yeah, I understand that, but something bad is just about to happen. Oh, what? The pod's back. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar and I'm broadcasting live from the queue at the Superstore. Standing next to me and being sent for sundry items such as pencils, dog collars and uh, a glass with Gideon's LLM8 on it is my chum and pod co-host Mr Scott Vandenacker. Hello, hi and welcome. And I couldn't get any LLM glasses but I did manage to get a Bob Malcolm signature. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you can keep that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Is he still interested in computers? That file transfer protocol thing? He is indeed. It it says that something... uh, Apparently, Bob, if you get a signed jersey that Bob didn't sign, it's worth more. Yes. Not shocked by that. But then, as I'm the only guy in in existence that owns a Julian Rodriguez match-worn shirt, including Julian Rodriguez, Mm -hmm. I'd wager, um, I don't think I can really talk about Rangers tat. Exactly. Your wife discovered the finest Rangers Tat Emporium in Glasgow, and you've since put an awful lot of yearnings into that, haven't you? Yes, I absolutely have. I'm sitting here drinking out of my Paul Gascoigne mug. Uh, 1995 vintage Paul Gascoigne uh, blonde mop Gaza mug, um, which I shall uh, place a picture of on the Twitter sphere once we're done here. So, Scott, an awful lot to talk about, and uh, very much a shortened, uh, a chastened. Uh, summer break for us this year uh, I kind of feel we haven't had any time off I kind of feel like the players did When they were told that they were having 20 minutes off for a fag break Before coming back to training Well frankly I've come back in poor shape You left I've... in poor shape in all Well yes um, I'm just hoping that this episode of the pod Isn't like a trip to Ghislaine Sands mm. Well most of them are But only for the listeners Well that's true yeah In all fairness um, 
it's been quite short, but however, well, see, there's the other side on a slightly serious note is that we've been doing a sort of homosexual-based comedy pod for about seven years. And during that time, almost all of it has been during an absolute nightmare for the club and its fans. We face today a podcast where the agenda is pretty much good news, followed by some good news, with a wee side smudging of good news. What do we do? How do we react? It's a tough one because when you've had repeated kicks in the balls and you grow to sort of expect kicks in the balls, to go through a sort of relatively decent period of no kicks in the balls is a bit of a strange feeling, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's like we've been asked to do a comedy sort of blah, blah, blah pod, but not to get people through the bad times, just to actually get people through good times. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's off-putting for us, but I'm sure we'll manage to be shit as ever. I mean, I wouldn't worry. No, no, we're, we're consistent, if nothing else. Okay, um, let's start with, I think, the biggest news of the summer, um, because of its ramifications and because I think of also what it signifies. Uh, I think it does definitely signify an end of a chapter. And that was the announcement this week from Dave King that the onerous retail deal with Mike Ashley and Sports Direct has now been amended as we are still in partnership with them um, for another year anyway. But instead of the previous deal, which we've covered ad nauseum and no one listening to this pod uh, is unaware of what it was, uh, a new deal has been put in place which is much fairer to Rangers with 50% of all items sold in, or 50% of the profits of all items sold in Sports Direct shops going to Rangers and up to 75% of items sold directly by Rangers from the mega store and through their own website. Uh, it's now a one-year deal um, following the ridiculous seven-year deal which was put in place and has immediately been worth round about £5 million to the club and... Probably you could, I think, conservatively estimate that before the season's out, we'll be worth that at least again. Scott, huge, huge news for Rangers. If I, I was to say to the audience out there that I'm sitting in my new uh, 16, 17 home top with long sleeves, Rangers shorts and third strip socks, they wouldn't be surprised as I'm sure most of them are sitting in the new Rangers gear listening to it. It's been absolutely tremendous. It, um there are a few different angles to this. Firstly, thanks to all of you, and well done. As a support, we're quick to argue. As a support, we are quick sometimes to schism, and sometimes to say, oh, you don't speak for me. But to, fight, to fend off Mike Ashley, to genuinely boycott his tap, and to manage to avoid buying Ranger stuff was very difficult. And don't underestimate, because David and I know, because we've done the same. It's not been easy. Passing up strips, Christmas presents. Kids, I've got two kids now who have never had any range of stuff, really, because I refuse to buy it. And it's a huge psychological deal, not just financial. It's amazing. I, I was in the store on Thursday, and the queue was out to the door, and people were grabbing anything, mugs, uh, backpacks for their kids, just anything the Rangers stamp on it to help. Uh, incredible scenes, and they've been repeated on Friday, Saturday, and the new stuff's coming on Tuesday morning, and I think it'll be like locusts descending on trees when that stuff comes in on Tuesday. So aside from the financial stuff, people are so delighted to be able to buy our gear again. And I was away taking my eldest to a party yesterday, uh, and at the venue in question, it was noticeable how many adults and children had Rangers gear on, and it was great to see. I had a wee smile to myself, thinking people are wearing it out in public again. And uh, it's I think what you all did and what we did 
to make this possible. And we were told, remember also, David, I think I'll mention this soon, but we were told by the experts in the media that Ashley was too powerful, too big, too strong. And in fact, we should surrender to him and give him all the shares and let him be chairman. I think the bullshit of the people who are uh, telling us how what an impossible job we had has been exposed as well. But you did this. We did this. And I really, as I say, I really do hope you're sitting there in your third strip shorts uh, listening to the podcast because you deserve to. We all deserve to. Well, I'm sitting here in my uh, Broxy Bear kimono and Rangers branded underpants. So uh, I certainly am I'm staunching it right up. They say, though, in a deal like, a deal like this, Scott, that there's no victims. And I think that there are. And the people that we need to feel sorry for are the 20 Progress Niederkorn fans who are coming over next Thursday and we're maybe hoping to buy like a key ring or something because they're fucked. They, they'll be very lucky to find anything. It's going to be uh, like Black Friday and Asda. Uh, unless and, uh, all 20 of their fans are triple XL size. Yeah, <laughs> 20 Dingwalls, 20 Luxembourgian Dingwalls. Um, <laughs> No, absolutely, and you are totally right there because the deal was so intrinsically venal and lazy uh, and based on the assumption which he got from Newcastle fans and that's not to criticise Newcastle fans, you make your own decisions, it's up to you but he had gone on the fact that you can be as unpopular as as is possible to be with with the the supporters of the club that you own or have an interest in in this case, but they will continue to buy merchandise. That's the lesson he'd learned from Newcastle, and it didn't happen at Rangers. The boycott was without any massive formal statements. Um, there were a few, but there wasn't a day where everybody sat down and went right from this day forward. That's what you need because people weren't railroaded into it. They came to their own decision. And as you mentioned there, even in the last couple of days, it's been noticeable to see the amount of Rangers tops and, and Rangers sportswear that you just hadn't seen for a number of years. And in fact, if you did see it, certainly in my experience, if I saw someone wearing something, I sort of doubled, you know, because it was, it was so out of the ordinary. It was such a bolt from the blue whenever you saw that. So for everyone now to be able to do that, I think is fantastic. Now, how did it happen? Well, there are a few factors, um, which of course are, are uh, not always being reported, but there are a few factors. The first one is the boycott. The second one is that Dave King dug his heels in and said, right, fine, if this is the case, we'll wait out the seven years. And the third one is that Sports Direct aren't a private company. Mike Ashley is, of course, the owner, but they are a public company. They are floated. And he was pursuing a personal agenda against Dave King, which was leaving between, well, I'd say conservatively £10 million a year that Sports Direct could be making, certainly 8 to £10 million a year, on the table. Now, you can't do that when you are a when you are a, a limited company or when you're a sorry a, a company that's available uh, on the on the share market it's against the fiduciary interests of your shareholders and you can't even say in this instance that there was a long-term strategy in place which was going to be of a benefit that they were taking a short-term hit for a long-term loss because that wasn't the case what was going to happen was rangers were going to let this deal run out rangers fans were not going to buy that tat in any numbers and then the contract would end and Rangers would go somewhere else. So it's been those factors, the boycott, 
King's intransigence and time and pressure from his shareholders, which has brought us to, to this end. Now, one thing I want to, to mention, because I've seen reported by the usual fucking morons, and I'm not even going to dress it up this season, in the press, oh, what a deal for Ashley, he's played a blinder here. Oh, it's a good deal for Ashley, and uh, because he'll make money from it, and it's an unavoidable side issue for us, unfortunately, is that we have to kind of line his pockets while lining the clubs. But that was never the problem for us. The problem was always we weren't going to solely line his pockets and not the clubs. But I've, I've read things like, yeah, Mike Ashley's played a blinder because he's got them to buy all that unsold stock. Okay then, business genius. One question. Why was the stock unsold in the first fucking place? <laughs> because of Mike Ashley's Foolish business decision. So yes, you're right. He is selling all this stuff that he had from last year that was just sitting in a warehouse. He's selling it all this summer. Mm -hmm. See if he'd signed the exact same deal except two years last year. The exact same deal. He would have sold all this stuff last year, be bringing out a strip now, another strip, and made double the money of what he's making. In fact, he'd make far more because they're having to punt these shots at 20 quid rather than 50 because they're a year old. So, don't give me this shite about after you have been banging on for so long about General Mike and his tanks and the rest of the pish that the fucking idiots made up in their hovels. Don't give us this nonsense that this is suddenly a great victory for him because it isn't. Oh, he'll make money off it, absolutely. But he'll make half the money he could have and should have. And he'll make a fraction of the money he could have and should have over the, the length of the contract. He's also damaged his brand with a huge market in Scotland, many of whom will never shop in Sports Direct ever again. And you cannot paint this as a victory for him in any way. Unless, of course, you are just a, a Rangers hater or, in the case of, say, Spears, an absolute moron. It's impossible to do that because the fact is, yes, he's selling all this unsold stock, but he could have sold it a year ago. All that he's done is, and had a year's worth of interest on the money he made, all he's done is basically put stuff in a warehouse for a year and half the amount of profit he'll get on it. That doesn't sound like business genius to me, Scott. No, he also lost £400,000 on his shares. Again, not up there with the uh, <clears throat> business decisions of the century. No, it's Clive Sinclair, Mark too, isn't it? Yeah, it's but C5. Lo- the other thing you've got to remember this, David, is <clears throat> that a lot of the time we are told that one of the divides between Rangers and the Selic is a class divide. We're Thatcher's children, neo- neo-Nazis, if you like, or is it all socialist, man? No, Commun- communal spirit. And yet, they've been very keen on Mike Ashley, haven't they? Yes, despite the fact that he's quite clearly a modern-day work, uh, workhouse owner. Yes, but he's been their big mate, tanks in the lawn and all that. And it's funny who they'll ally themselves with just to get it right up Rangers. Mm. Um, well, sorry, Celtic fans, but we're the ones who saw off uh, capitalist exploiter Mike Ashley while you were bumming up his arse. Mm. So we won't take any lectures from you, OK? Um, That would be be Celtic who had on their board uh, Lord John Reid, former Home Secretary and enthusiastic supporter of the Iraq War and uh, the chap, the Tory fellow who's a huge contributor, the banker who's a huge contributor to the Tory party Yes, and also the guy who used to be the CEO of uh, British Telecom for the whole UK Obviously a communist in his spare time as well Of course 
fair. So um, we're getting lectures in business. But what I would say about Celtic fans, um, I know they always listen to the pod and they'll be as glad we're back as anyone, is that I do admire them, David, because as you know, as someone who, I'm someone who believes in lifelong education. And I'm, well, you yourself used to work at university and we know how important it is. And see for all the Celtic fans to be experts over the last couple of years in uh, business law, takeover panels, uh, HMRC, and now, of course, uh, South African business law. Mm. I think it's amazing what they've managed to cram into their studies in the last few years. And now they're experts, of course, in Sports Direct and Mike Ashley and the Deal with Rangers. So you have to doff your cap to them. They've not been idle. The other one I like coming out, and we'll move away because I don't like talking about uh, that mob very often, is, uh, well, we're talking about that mob talking about us, I suppose, technically, so it's, it's not really talking about them. The one I liked best was, hi, you're surviving on loans. And I thought, yeah. How did that loan from the co-op come about that you guys are going to have to scramble to pay back in the next couple of years, seeing that they've, you know, all the kind of co-op dodgy dealings and mates rates have been exposed? Well, then let's see if they can answer us when next time they're tweeting us. You know, interesting to hear. Uh, or Desmond Decker and his soft loans. I mean, none of that counts. Every football club in the world runs on loans. Manchester City do not make enough money to pay for all the stuff. Or oh, the other one is, uh, how have you got a UEFA licence when you're in debt? We are 18 million in debt to private shareholders. Uh, Barcelona, for example, are 235 million in debt. Manchester United, 380 odd million in debt. It's just moronic, and it's the fact that they can't see it. But anyway, who gives a toss about them? Uh, this has been about Rangers this summer. Moving on then, before we get to the team, the other important news you touched on was Mike Ashley is uh, selling his shares, half of them to Club 1872, which takes us over 10% fan-owned, which is wonderful. And um, The other one is to a chap called Julian Wolhart, who works for a company called KKR, who are one of the earliest venture capitalists. And if you've read the book or saw the movie Barbarians at the Gate, you'll be aware of who they are, uh, formed by Henry Kravis. Now, that's a double-edged sword. KKR, huge. I mean, huge. Um, uh, 40 billion turnover. I mean, an enormous company. One of, as I say, the earliest venture capitalists. But it can go both ways because they're not a cuddly company. They, uh, they, they have bought over many, many companies, broke broke them up, sold them off, stripped parts, assets, all that kind of stuff. So they are not a cuddly organisation and don't get it in your head that they're doing us a favour. But if it's this chap um, individually, and you would assume it's come through one of the current directors, then who knows, maybe it is a good source of income. I don't know. But at the moment, I think that's something certainly to at least keep an eye on. Yeah, I also think it's probably about time that Club 1872 had a proper directorship. I know we've been involved for many years, David, at this level, and there's all the stuff about not being cleared to look at the accounts and having to leave the room when they're talking about this and access to certain things, and fans can only really be in a recommended uh, advisory position. But I think with 11% of the shares and being the second biggest shareholders after Dave King, it is probably time to look at a much more formal footing yeah. uh, legally. I think being pawned off, if you can come in for 10 minutes and get a cup of tea, I think that we're looking probably to move that on a bit to something more realistic of the situation. At 11%, the fans are entitled to a voice in the board. And I know that people will say things like, oh, you know, I'm your voice in the board. And that's that's very kind and honourable. And I do, you know, believe them when they say that. I've never had any doubts about the motives. I've had doubts sometimes about the actions, but never about the motives of the current board. However, that's great and it's nice, but 
as you say, at that shareholding, no, we deserve a place, a full place, not a non-exec, on the board. And I think it's time for, for that to happen. Uh, are we still praising the board before we move on to the team, David? We are praising the board for the summer that they've had. They needed to have Can a good I, summer, yes. I think they have. And I'll throw in one more then. Um, 90% of business so far in terms of interviews, news coming out from the club, has been from their own in-house media. Yes. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Now, um, the, the fans have wanted that for a long time. The other one uh, to touch on before we get to the team is the long-rumoured and much-sought director of football is now in place, and it's Mark Allen, formerly head of the academy at Manchester City. Um, interesting appointment, certainly very good pedigree, and it does look as though that the club understand that it shouldn't be maybe a traditional football man because it's not that type of role. It doesn't need to be somebody that's ever stood in a dugout and coached. And, uh, you know, certainly he's shown a level of ambition. It's a move up from that role, but he's, he's left a very big club in a secure environment to come to us. So uh, what are your thoughts on that one? Well, I think, obviously, like everything, there's good and there's bad. I mean, he's got a great track record. He's also got a good track record in business before he went into to football. And he's obviously put together some amazing facilities down there. My only slight worry is that the Etihad campus, as it's known, is a bottomless pit of cash. I read a couple of articles on it and literally money is no obstacle from the kitchens through to the pitches. And I'm just wondering how he'll translate his ideas from a modern club and how he'll put into practice a lot of his plans with the reality of the funding such as it is. And I think you'll find it very different from the Etihad campus. But as long as he's realistic and he understands a lot of that, then it's got to be a great move. Um, we need somebody to bring together scouting networks, coaches, all the youth teams, uh, the stadium facilities. Contracts. And, and, yep, and not Pedro Cacino worrying about these kind of things, which aren't really in his remit. And I good luck to him. As I say, as long as he's realistic and realises the budget and what can be done, it'll be a great move, I think. I, I agree. And uh, it was good to see the board looking at that, at that sort of level of candidate, I think. Um, you're not going to get Manchester City's sporting director uh, you get someone who's trying to move up to that position and uh, I think in this in this instance you're right his CV certainly was was very good for the role now good we've talked about all that stuff let's talk about the stuff that really gets the juices flowing as it were uh, and that's uh, gay banter well it's a bit early we're, we're recording this in the afternoon for once usually that's that's a nighttime thing it, well, I suppose so. You know, yeah. so so come on, Scott, a wee bit decorum. It's the Sabbath. That is very true. You know, you, you should know better. My TV's off. Yeah, I should think so too. Yes, of course. Yeah. You know, um, it's like that Craig David fella. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, he even he had to rest. Yeah, he was, he was making love on Monday, Tuesday, I believe also Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday. Friday and, and Saturday. Sunday, I suppose, maybe just had a wank. Probably even then, I mean, I don't know, maybe just a complete rest, built up some of the old, uh, you know, juices. Maybe he was just having a proper rest, eating oysters, drinking the whites of eggs, you know. Oh, oh he's, he's, his testicles must have looked like the California raisins and been singing as well after six days on the on the job. I suppose so. He actually found time, I noticed, to turn up at Glastonbury, and I still can't work out if that was ironic or genuine, him playing the main stage at Glastonbury. I, I, words defied me at that stage I don't know I, I think I'm kind of 
as you know, not a fan of festivals due no. to the large amount of people, mud, hippies, vibes, that, that sort of shit. It's never really been my bag. No. Um, all this festival I've known you to go to, you stayed in a sort of cottage. Yes. Off-site. Off Off-site, off so. yeah. And remember that time I were, uh, Sally made me go to that one in Inverness and I phoned you to come and get me? Yeah, uh, it's not... It's just not your thing. There's too many people, too many other people that aren't you. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not in your house. Nope. And um, we were supposed to be camping, and I thought, fuck this. And Sally's clever move was she said, "Ah, well, you're stuck here. You're in Inverness, and you know it's three miles even at the bus station. It's too late." And I phoned Scott. And he came and got me. So yep. you know. The, well, that was that was brilliant lineup. That was uh, the Wurzels and Dumpy's Rusty Nuts. Yes, exactly. So, how was you had stayed? And that was just the locals. Yes, exactly. But uh, moving on, right. If you're our age, right, and you grew up when we did, let's be honest, what do we love? Signings. We love signings. We do. And after a few years of not not the most exciting moves in the transfer market, and a few years even that included Kevin Kyle and Francis and Daza, and being grateful for them at the time, uh, how nice has it been to have a transfer window Rangers currently have brought in uh, Bruno Alves, Fabio Cardoso, Ryan Jack, Carlos Peña, Dalcio, uh, Fabio Candias, Andres Herrera and uh, Alfred Morelos. Indeed. And that was very well done. Thank you. That was... Uh, Ryan Jack was probably the only one I expected you to get. <laughs> now, uh, Dave King spoke about this. They, they brought in Pedro early because they wanted him to assess the squad although admittedly I think that would have just taken you know an hour <laughs> stand up watch one game go yep pish but he wanted them to get in to get his business done early now we've criticised the club before about stuff so I think it's only fair to praise Pedro's clearly known what he's wanted and he's identified it what's impressed me about this transfer window is the speed with which the business has been concluded and secondly, the fact that we do have seemed to have strengthened in all areas. Um, and he's done so at a rate of knots to bring all these players in. But to, to be sitting with all these players by the end of June and to be in a situation where pretty much anything else that comes in through the window is a bonus. You know, if we get that phone call in a few weeks from a club, because British clubs traditionally don't do their business till late in the window and I think that you see that with the fact that the transfers that are taking a bit of time are Dorans and Walker Jamie Walker of Hearts, Graham Dorans of Norwich because in Britain the merry-go-round you know, Norwich will be waiting to see who they get offered and it does slow things down, Rangers have, have gone out and we've done our business quietly, effectively, there's been no long drawn out affairs the the longest for well, the two Mexicans and that was work permits uh, which have now been granted of course and it's very exciting given where we are given our financial situation to have brought in players who as I mentioned at least get the heartbeat going and you know we're realistic not all of them will be successes but certainly on paper if you'd said to us beforehand this is what you're going to get I think we would all take it I think the only, one, the only ones that I, I can speak about with any knowledge so far, is Big Alves. And I watched him at the Confederations Cup and he's romped it so far. In fact, I believe he's playing carpet slippers. Yes, he, uh, he has looked very good now. It's, uh, and he's getting praised by the commentator. Yesterday, you'll notice. Yeah, he's, he's, he's so, so... I mean, I genuinely think... You and I, 
or a European football fanboy, Sados. Um, so Bruno Alves' his name we've known going back to when he went to Zenit. Yep. And this guy is a top quality player. Even last year for Calgary, he was decent. Uh, in, in a very poor side, it should be said, a promoted side. He he was decent. He's not the quickest, but he literally has everything else that a centre-half needs. He's big, he's good in the air, he reads the game fantastically, he can pass, he's a leader, he's got that sort of intangible motivational factor. And I'm hoping, and I suspect, that given what we've been watching to him is going to be such an upgrade, it's not even funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's also... A lot of games last season we lost through losing one sort of our battles. Yeah, uh, absolutely, and losing stupid gold. And I don't think he's going to back down to any SPL strikers. Um, what what um, made me happy was Benny McCarthy, um, former uh, Porto, Blackburn, various club striker, South African international, who bizarrely lives in Scotland now. Does he? Yeah. Yeah, for reasons <laughs> I honestly don't know, just different he, reasons. He's only linked with us about 37 times. Well, it could still, I mean, he's missed his chance. He could have signed for us in the third division. Let's face it, we'll take anybody at that point. So but, if he really um, cared... He, he could have been 40 and 23 stone. He, I mean, didn't put, didn't stop Kevin Kyle. So uh, he had played with him and he said, um, what Rangers are he, he said, what Rangers a few times... I watched Rangers a few times last season and they lacked a leader and a defensive organiser. Bruno is like that, but more importantly for Rangers, he's an excellent trainer and he's a guy that demands that everybody else is an excellent trainer and he's the type of guy that before the manager gets in at half-time, he's in sorting it and telling people what they did wrong and all the rest of it. And that's what you need because none of our... our Previous squad, anyone who remains is in a position to do the show me your medals game uh, with him. And we need that. We need a guy who's the voice, a guy who won't accept second best, who won't accept shoddiness. That was probably the biggest disappointment of the Warburton reign is that he accepted shoddiness. And he can say he didn't, but the fact that we saw it so often tells you that he did. we need players who will not. We need self-motivators. We need guys who are prepared to go out there and say to a teammate, you're not giving me everything you need. You weren't switched on at that and I'm not standing for it. And there need to be consequences for people making the same mistakes all the time. Pedro gives the impression of a guy who won't stand for it and Alves looks like his manifestation on the pitch of that. And you looked last year the ridiculous sight of Kenny Miller, who was the only one that obviously... Pedro worked out had any fight yep. and he was like eventually Pedro fielded him in midfield left midfield centre half um, he was trying to play him everywhere because he's the only one that cared and we need that more of them about the pitch mm. we need someone in every, every part of the pitch who can motivate and shout at people and spur people on and Ryan Jack could do that as well I mean Ryan Jack is better than the players that we played in defensive mid all of them yes he is so, yeah. that, that's the thing and, and we've done that traditional Scottish thing of he's the least excited or he's the least exciting player because he's Scottish and we've heard of him whereas somebody like Dalcio and, and Candias no idea if they're going to be good or not although I like the fact in Dalcio that he looks like Simon Phoenix from Demolition Man and more importantly he only has one name I still sign guys on Football Manager if they've only got one name and sound cool. I think players should always put their nickname in the back of the jersey. It's long overdue in this country too. Yeah, I, I think so. But Jack is a neat and tidy guy. He's one of these guys that builds play. 
he's not a you know a Stuart McCall thrusting into tackles guys. People shouldn't accept, uh, expect that. But teammates will love playing with him because he's the guy who's always available to take a pass and he won't do anything spectacular with it. He'll take a pass and move it on. But it lets players get out of tight spaces, which we couldn't do a lot last season. If you've got that guy there who can come and when possession has gone down a, a, a dark alley sort of thing, somebody that, that is available to take it, receive it, play it to someone else and get, keep the move flowing. And he's very good at that. But also what... And move on to one of our many, many exciting... Exactly, our forward options. What he's very good at is uh, picking up second ball. He's one of these guys with it, where it seems to kind of fall to him a lot. And that's not luck, as we've seen the past couple of seasons. If you don't have a guy who's naturally good at that, who reads it, who knows where to be, then you don't see it. And I think Jack will surprise a few people. Uh, the Mexicans are obviously exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Cardoso, I'm very much looking forward to. I think it's such a sensible partnership. You know, a, a young Portuguese defender playing with a Portuguese legend, I think is excellent. And the guy up front, Morelo, Ma, Morelos, El Goleador. Now, that's a nickname. I hope he takes off just so we can work out a song for that. And uh, great scoring record, young, but certainly seems to be the kind of... Uh, Signing that you, you like the look of a guy that could come score a few goals, be sold on for a profit. He he looks to me a a guy I'm very much looking forward to seeing. I'm looking forward to seeing Hullet, who looks a wee bit mental, doesn't he? I like that. I always think seeing a seeing boxing. You know, I like boxing. A Mexican fighter, even if they can't box, you're not knocking them out because they're hard as fuck. And we need that. We do. We need somebody who, if they're not particularly on their game, will still slide tackle Aberdeen or Celtic players yeah. and maybe elbow in the face. Yes. Our, our team last season, let's face it, was more... Soft. Fr- yeah, I mean, it was more frilly than you in a 2-2 playing a sad song to try and make yourself cry after you've been dumped by a girl. And that's frilly. And that has happened. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, remember that night? Oh, God. No, no, let's not talk about it. I got. To yeah, come, I mean, I got to come back. Well, that's true. Thanks. I mean, you did well, my mum, to get her to come back in the first place. That yeah, was, uh... no, that's true. <laughs> um, no, I hadn't been left home by the time I met David. <laughs> of course, I had oh, two weeks before. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we were the softest team in, in the league, and and people knew it. We're prone to mistake. Everything, everything was wrong. I mean, David, you you listen to the pod, folk. The mistake. The defence was so mistake prone. That they played deeper, which meant the fullbacks were isolated too far up the pitch. They couldn't. Uh, the midfield had to bring its line back, so we lost a lot of battles midfield from being too deep, and it stretched out the strikers so who were fifty yards away screaming for the ball. Everything went wrong. We had no balance of any kind. No. A tougher defence will mean taking more risks, and everyone plays a bit further forward, and it gives a dynamism to your play. We're not scared of losing the ball all the time. I would also like to take the time to say that. In the three bounce games so far, um, we have found a place in all three games for varying lengths of time for our young scouse yes. superstar, perhaps to be, maybe. Yes, I mean, getting him fit would be a huge bonus. And uh, do you want to do the cliche? Oh, yes, of course. It'd be like signing a new player. Yes, exactly. Um, it would be. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's yes. a fact. Uh, if if he could come in and be battling for a place and be doing well, that would be huge. But 
I don't think that the manager can or has counted on him. I would say that Pena and Jack have been bought for those positions. So, But to have him as an option would, would be fantastic. Well, if he stays fit, it will be such a bonus, you're right, if he's actually fitting in the squad. Huge, It'll absolutely. Be- now, players out the door, already gone, are Philip Senderos, Clint Hill, who were out of contract, Joe Gardner, who's been sold to Ipswich for £1 million. No complaints about those, I would say, Scott. No, none. No, no. Um, I think uh, they were right. The several players appear to be up for sale. It's it's kind of common knowledge that Harry Forrester and Rob Kiernan have been told to find other clubs. Uh, other players who are rumoured to be on the chopping block are Michael O'Halloran, Martin Waghorn, possibly Barry Mackay with a whole new deal thing. And there are reports this weekend that uh, Rangers have turned down a bid from Nottingham Forest for James Tavernier. However, it's not because they don't want to sell James Tavernier, it's just there's interest from a few clubs and obviously they're not taking the opening bid. So that would indicate, given that we haven't signed anyone in that position, Scott, that would indicate that there could be more, there's certainly going to be players going out, but there could be more coming in. If I was an Aberdeen fan, I'd be very wary of who your right back is. Okay, um, <laughs> we seem to be stealing. Oh, although talking about stealing ideas, they've got very fetching the Royal Blue, Blue yeah, away strip. Yeah, you see that? Yeah. So um, obviously they're stealing a few things back from us. Yeah, I think what they're doing with Tav's quite wise. I, I think you, you don't take the first bid, especially as the window's open for another two and a half months. Absolutely. Um, and if we can get more clubs interested, then I think Tav's one is. It's a shame in a way because he's one that could benefit from this new system. If the defence is tougher and there's more space to move on for the fullbacks, he'd be one of the ones to benefit. I think last season he looked behind him and there was just too big a space to catch and ended up inhibiting his game. Because uh, he got off to a good start, fun enough, he had a good first couple of months this season, but his form collapsed. And But if he's a, one of our assets, I'd rather he went than like, Wes Fodringham. And yeah. if someone has to get sold, I'd rather it was Tav. Barry McKay, it's simple. If he doesn't sign the contract, he has to go. Um, no one's bigger in the club, but I'm sort of fed up with his humming and hawing about whether he's going to sign this deal. Um, if he doesn't sign the deal, he's going. And that's fair enough as well. I mean, I hope he does in a way, but it's time that he did something. You know, Harry, Mackay, although he can frustrate me, and there was a match last season, I'm sure one of our listeners will tell me, I remember talking about it in the pod, where he was hauled off at half-time, and it was one of the most disinterested, lazy displays I've ever seen from a Rangers player. And remember, I was there through the Egil Oshtonstad era. So... I, you know, uh, I don't know. Um, I genuinely don't know what's going to happen with him. Tav, I agree with you. I think uh, he's a tough one. I like him, but he can't defend particularly well. And certainly not consistently. People will say, well, he was good in that game and they'd be right. But you always know that uh, there's a game coming along where he's going to be absolutely howling defensively. I just get the impression that the manager doesn't trust him. And if the manager doesn't trust you, he's not going to play you. It does, it, we had this thing in the pod last year and, and internet, the, in, the interweb was alive with stories about what is Pedro doing? What are these crazy tactics? And it does now look that he was trying everybody out in different positions and different formats to see if anybody could do anything. Could they surprise him? Could anyone? And I think he's seen enough, as you say. And I think if there's a player with not a single rumour, like Wes, I think he's staying. He's going to be the goalie. Kenny Miller as well. And but I think if there's doubts or Rangers are talking to clubs or I don't think he's kind of guy that's going to hang about Carlo, uh, Pedro and I think after what he watched last season he's, he's probably got quite strong ideas and opinions on the players already and it wouldn't surprise me to see a few more go 
um, based on what we witnessed at the end of last season. Uh, I don't think he pisses about much, Pedro. I don't think he suffers fools gladly either. So, no, further moves out the way would not surprise me at all. No, I'd, I'd be the same. Now, we have got our first game of the season coming up next Thursday against the uh, Progress Niederkorn of Luxembourg. And uh, magnificently, it's almost a sellout. Yeah, the the club needs that. Um, the club, okay, the, I think the revenue deal is fantastic for strips, but we need tickets. Oh, absolutely. And 40-odd thousand for a round one qualifier against Progress Niederkorn is incredible. It's unexpected for the club. And, of course, there's a little tiny bit of TV money as well. So you're probably talking about making almost three quarters of a million pounds from the tie, which is, um, I think it's vital and really well done to the fans again. Uh, I also think, I've got a funny feeling that the club shop will be quite busy before. Absolutely, definitely. You know, I'm looking forward to to going in there and getting my mouse mat. Uh, You know, I I can't wait to get in there and and buy up all the branded tie. Can I say, David, I'm always seen as being the cynical one in the pod who's never as optimistic as you. I think we'll beat Progress Niederkorn. Now, are you sure you want to hang your hat on that one? Yes, I'll go out on a limb and say I think we'll win over two legs, yes. yes. I'd hope so, because if we don't, it would be a staggeringly inept result uh, in any language. But, uh, yeah, I think that it's... it's I can't wait. And I think every Rangers fan that you talk to is the same. Just can't wait. Can't wait for the season to start. And when you think about how the last one ended, I think that's a testament to the board. And as I say, I've criticised them before, so I'm quite happy to, to praise them here. They, I said they had to have a big summer, and they're having a big summer. Um, Pedro, it's a tough one because you have your doubts. I have my doubts. You have your doubts. Everyone has their doubts. But he has certainly done what I wanted him to do which is just identify what he needed what he wants to do and to go for it and we're moving in that direction and in terms of where we finish up next season I don't think you can shoot for a position I think you can say we want to win the title we do want to win the title obviously but it'll be a big ask because you're relying not only on us improving a great deal but and also another team dipping and that's not something you can control although obviously you would expect us and demand us to be more competitive in the the head-to-heads but for me I'm looking at 15 to 20 points better off and if we achieve that I'll, I'll say that this season was a success Yeah, I think my own personal goals would be already half achieved one of them was to lift the the negativity around off the pitch away I think last season ended badly in a lot of ways and it wasn't just the points deficits um, and I think already that's looking better I want the club to start trading on its most important uh, asset which is the fans you need to bring back the feel good factor we've talked about this in the pod for about seven years Rangers have not got any money from external sources we're not, we're not Chelsea we're not Man City we have the fans and they cannot be disengaged. Already that's better. I would hope that we improve our goals for. Uh, we do better in the goals against. And we get more points. And things like Ross County not beating them over four games. That has to stop. So little indicators like that. I want more points, more goals, less goals against. And much better head-to-heads against some of these teams that we really struggle to put away. The rest, as you see, we can't control. Um, Celtic could win every game again. and uh, But I, I think we need to do better. And what we're trying to do, be tougher, compete more, and the fans, as I say, sell out these games, get the atmosphere coming, get the blue strips worn, get more money going through the tills, and give us a profit 
not another false dawn, an actual, an actual proper foundation that we can start to build even to something resembling what we should be and have been in the past. Yeah, as, as we've said before on here, we've had more false dawns than a, a French and Saunders tribute act, so it's it's time really for things to move forward. But it does feel different, doesn't it, this summer? In a way that they, even last summer didn't, um, and none of the previous ones could. It feels like this is the beginning. The last year was almost a, a sort of ironing out process and a test run, and we were getting up, getting it done, and then getting through it. The money being spent so quickly indicates to me that there was money in January, but that there was no way they were giving it to Warburton because they'd already decided that one way or another he was going to be leaving the club. And Something happened there, you're right. And somebody said today on Mark's website that we'll never know this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get anything legally questionable. I just want to say a lot of things seem to sour with his relationship with an agent. Yep. After that date, the signings got worse, the attitude from the board got worse, and as you say, by the end, they weren't going to give him a single penny. Nope. In fact, already planning, as far as we know, to sack him, and he was planning to move, and they weren't speaking, no one was speaking to each other. Something behind the scenes went on that we don't know, and we're not privy to, and we're not going to give you any lies here, folks, we don't know. But something happened when he moved into sort of partnership with a super agent. And um, it was, I think, the right was the wall, David's right. I think from that way, there was no way back personally. I think some of the board had, their hackles were right, raised, their spidey senses were tingling. And I think it was always going to end this way. I think it was the Garner deal that really did it because it made no sense at all in any context. It was much more than we'd spent before, three times more. Uh, than we'd spent on one player before. He wasn't a guy that fit the age group, the style of play. There was nothing at all that made that a Warburton signing, as was proven. He, he didn't fit into the way the team played at all. So I think that was the one that crystallised doubts. All, all I would say to people listening is, if you go back and listen to the pods where Mark Warburton left, uh, or was fired, or whatever you want to put it, I said at the time that he wouldn't be taking legal action. That I highly doubted there would be court action. And Dave King announced this week that none of the three, um, David Weir and the best in the business as well, none of the three are engaging in court action against Rangers. And I think that that, that tells you a lot. Yes, I think we won't go much further, but I think it was always always going to end this way. And I think the board did have a bit of money and I'm glad they've used it this way. And I'm also glad that Pedro, because let's not make mistakes here, folks. David's right. This could be a disaster again, right? But Pedro has been given the tools to do it his own way. He's not going to go down with someone else's squad. He's not going to go down with that shower of spineless surrender monkeys. He's bringing guys in who can put the boot in, who can play a bit. He wants to try and master the SPL way of playing. And if it doesn't work and we don't get the points totals, Pedro's going to do it Pedro's way. And... That includes the way he treats the media, the way he talks to the fans, and the way he bonds with the fans. And after one, I'm all behind that. You cannot make a manager good or bad, but you can give them the tools to try and manage their way with their players and see what happens. And the club are doing that, and I don't think we can have any complaints, including Pedro. No, um, I would agree with that. I, I think that you can only ask to be given the opportunity to succeed or fail on your own terms and that was always my thing about Ali and and you as well is that Ali just basically went in and tried to be Walter Mark II and I would rather go into any job or any role and fail doing it my way and failing because I said no this is the way I wanted to do it and I'll be proven right or I'll be proven wrong and it's okay you know if a manager fails you you kind of accept it Warburton failed doing it his own way um, 
there's no doubt about that. You know, he's beloved four three three, and Pedro has been given backing. He's been given funds. He's been allowed to bring in players from the leagues he knows well, and it's now down to him to to deliver. And again, I think expectations are are somewhat calibrated. Um, there's always the hope at the back of your mind, but I think realistically, our our head is telling us, you know, this is what we should aim for, and I don't think it's an insurmountable ask. So he's got the opportunity. Clearly, the board believes in him because they backed him in a way that you could argue that Warburton didn't get, although, as we've alluded to, there were other reasons for that. I think that he is in a good position now to, to go on and, and really push uh, Rangers up to back closer to where we should be. A couple of things to, to kind of mention. One of the reactions I've noticed from fans of other club in the media is we're never allowed to be happy. Have you noticed that? We we touched on this a few times last season with the over-celebrating or the bouncy at St. Johnson. So the latest one is, uh, ah, look at you mugs out buying strips. And as we said, that's a direct 180 from a few weeks before when it was like, Ashley's totally screwing you over. Um, we are happy. And then we go out and we, we buy loads of strips and everybody's laughing and joking and pictures on Twitter and Facebook and everything. And people sneer. We go out and we sign players and fans are excited and they want to get the name in the back of the jersey and they can't wait and people sneer. We get into Europe five years after, look at our first match, uh, this season's going to be in the UEFA Cup, five years ago it was against Peterhead and there's a rush for tickets and people in Scotland sneer. And I just think after a while, we're the ones just away enjoying ourselves and it's you fuckers who are sitting over there not even doing your own thing, watching us, not watching your own club, watching us. Who's the saddle here? Yes, they're trying to drag us down. Scottish football hated itself to death, and now it seems the only team having any fun is us, ironically. Mm. Um, so I think we'll just leave them to it. I've never known in my time the support to be so unified, and I think partly like that is that what we've gone through, partly is that we trust the board mainly, although, as I say, you know, we were all quite vocal on our criticism when they had a bad year which they did but I think that just this absolute that our fans now have almost been freed from that that pettiness most of us you know you'll still get your bangers on social media but I know that but most of us have been freed from it when we realised it doesn't matter what you do or what you do or what you do it's all about what we do and personally you know as I say I, I couldn't give a monkey's fuck what Celtic or Aberdeen or all the rest of them get up to this it doesn't bother me it's about what Rangers do I can't wait to go and see Rangers who they're playing is incidental to me I can't wait to go to the superstore and buy loads of shit you know I can't wait to have Bertie and Maya dressed up in the Rangers dog coats um, and Rangers dog collars can't wait to meet everybody before the first game and talk about it can't wait to spend the season dribbling shite to you on here we're the only club that, that gets that. All these other clubs, it's just another season and it'll be the same old, same old shite. One thing about being a Rangers fan is is that it's been, you know, it's always been interesting. And the fact that we spend 100% of our attention on us and even the healthiest supporter of other clubs spends at least 10% of their time looking at us. I think a few clubs maybe need, need to, or a few supporters, need to realign 
what football in Scotland's supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun. And if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. And we've had a, a right few kicks in the balls, don't get me wrong. But you bounce back. And that's the thing about the Rangers support that makes me so proud the last few years. Life, to, to indulge in a wee spot of sort of um, amateur philosophising, life is, is not about avoiding catastrophe because sometimes it will hunt you down and just roll all over the top of you. It's about how you get back up after it. And... That's why the the fan the, the opposition fans don't understand. You know, you can shout Sevco, you can shout your club died, you can do all that shit. It doesn't bother us. Because all that matters to us are those guys out on the park wearing our strip and our crest and everyone in that stadium round about us who are there to cheer the side on. That's all we care about. And you know what an insignificance to us and you can give it the whole you only finished third yeah we did or oh you, you know with your history we've got a fucking magnificent history and you know it you you are kind of the opposite of agnostics because whereas they say well if I, I I can't see God I can't believe in him you lot are like well I can see angels but I'm going to believe it doesn't exist it doesn't fool anybody because your actions that 10% minimum that one eye that you keep on us all the time that belies how you feel about us. And the fact is, it gets proven time after time after time. Scottish football is Rangers. Without us, it, it's nothing. Bravo, sir. Well, I mean, I think we'll probably leave it on that, Martin, if I'm, if I'm not going to top that. Um, that. You could shout we are the people at them. I save that, though. For oh, right, yeah. times when they're they're a bit down, or when they pay us. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Don't just give you we are the people's away. Yeah. Speaking of which, yeah. This season on the pod, we are going to be offering for the first time advertising and sponsorship opportunities. So, opportunities, you say? Yes, absolutely. Advertising and sponsorship opportunities. You can advertise the show uh, on the show. Um, you can either record your own advert, or me and Scott will do it for you, which will be funnier. Might not necessarily do what you want. Like if you, for instance, if you own a, an Undertaker's, I would suggest you do your own advert. Yes. If yeah. you own a topless car wash, me and Scott are probably a better bet. And also, we probably want a free sample of that particular product. Yeah, I don't even have a car. I'll just go in on a bike. That's a good point. Yeah. But, uh, yes, uh, they are available for an episode, a month, a year, it's entirely up to you. Uh, so sponsorship or advertise, entirely down to you. Get in touch with me. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at iBroxRocks. Scott is? Scott Hart Hand. Uh, you can also get in touch with us on Facebook. Just search for uh, Heart and Hand, uh, the Rangers podcast, and you'll find us there. And also, if you just want to, to tell us what's been happening uh, in your summer and to tell us what you've been up to, then that's fine as well. All that remains for me to do then at this point is to thank our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Miles. Thank my guests, Mr. Scott Vandenacker. Thank you very much. And see for Mike and Paul in London, their team haven't even started travelling to Asia to play a Malaysian select yet. Yeah, this is and proper football. And we're the competitive season. Yes, exactly. I'm going to send them this pod and I'll give you a what the fuck is this? <laughs> You know, uh, is this Icelandic league? Yeah, it's like the, the one Paul will be sort of up a hill in Thailand at this point. Going, what the hell is this? Um, which I suppose is one of the healthier things to be up in Thailand. 
I was going to say, <laughs> I, was, I think you should clarify what he's uh, doing. Yeah, him. he's quite a healthy guy. He's quite spiritual, so he does all that kind of stuff. Whereas, yes, you, you and I would be. Where do we get the ping pong balls? Do we need to bring our own? Yes, Gunther will know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, Gunther, the solid sport enthusiast over there. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Um, all that uh, further then remains for me to do is to thank all you guys for listening. We are entering, and I can't believe this, we are entering our eighth season of doing Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. It's continued to grow every year. Uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of you listening to us. And we do appreciate it. I know that sometimes it, it sounds as though we take you for granted. And we do, but we do think enough of you to fake sincerity in moments like this when we tell you how much you mean to us. So that's got to count for something, right, mate? I think to be, I mean, we're all just Rangers fans. I mean, we're not at the same level. No, I mean, there's no but, such thing as anybody who's a better Rangers fan than anybody else, except obviously us. Yeah, and as long as people don't get this idea that we're all in this together, we're not. No, giving I, that up. Yeah, quite we're, a lot. We're totally egalitarian on it, except clearly we're sort of at the top of that egalitarian tree. But once you get down a bit, then yeah, I mean, you guys are like you know almost like brothers to us. Ah. Not. Real. Yeah, absolutely. Almost like brothers in the sense that you're not. Yeah, don't visit us or, or come to the house. Or Fuck anything. no, or speak to us, or approach us. No, but if you want to sponsor us or... Yeah, if you want to give us money. money then. Yeah, yeah, fine. We'll take products as well, um, if they're cool. Um, nothing that you have to buy through Tor, though, because uh, we could get in trouble for that. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you again this time next week. Cheers. Bye. Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.